It's time for another episode of The Father's Truth. The show where real men band together, stand up for father's rights, and bring the father's truth out of the darkness. Of the darkness. Out of the darkness and into the light, giving fathers a voice everywhere. A broadcast brought to you by the Fathers Lives Matter Network. Here's your host. Here's your host. Alan Donovan. Alan Donovan. Alright, good evening guys, I am Alan Donovan and you are listening to another episode of The Father's Truth where we talk about the reality of fathers dealing with the family court system and their struggle to stay a part of their lives. Thank you guys so very much for stopping by. This is the second episode that I've done tonight, doing a quick turnaround. Uh, Before we get to this episode though, let me talk to you guys for a second couple months ago on the show, I had a guest who is an actor, okay, and we were talking, and he said, hey, you know, what would you think if I put together a documentary to talk about father's rights and how fathers are mistreated by the court system? I thought, man, that'd be awesome. That is what we need because it's just not something that is readily talked about in the mainstream, you know, and being honest... Most places, media, whatnot, will not touch father's rights issues with a 10-foot pole. They just will not. And I thought that was great that he was looking to do that. Well, he got a hold of me, you know, about eh, a month and a half ago and said, hey, so this documentary is actually going to happen. I really want to do this. I want to interview you. And I just heard from him uh, yesterday. So he's going to be flying out to Montana on the 18th to interview me to have my story told, but we're also looking for two other fathers on the West Coast who have dealt with the family court system, who have been alienated. Um, And he asked if I could reach out to all you guys and see who would be interested in coming on this documentary. So we are looking for fathers um, on the West Coast that have dealt with that. So Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada. I know that you guys are out there. I've talked to you guys myself. So if you are a father who has been alienated by the family court system and you are interested in having your story told on a legitimate documentary, reach out to me. Let me know your situation and then I will pass it on um, to the casting crew and everything and we'll get that ball rolling. All right, guys. So that brings the end to that. So let's talk about this episode. How would you be if you grew up without a father? Big question. I know there are a lot of kids out there these days that are, in fact, growing up without fathers. My guest tonight, Gabriel, he is learning how to be a father. He's learning about father's rights. Um, He grew up without a father. He experienced what that was like. So let's go ahead and get him in here. He's going to be having a great weekend. 
my son and I, we are heading out tomorrow to the Hot Springs. Gabriel, brother, how are you doing? And welcome to the Father's Truth, man. What's going on? Hey, man. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Yeah, man. Just doing what I do on Friday nights, talking to fathers. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that you were just talking to an actor. I apologize. I just came from a show, so I didn't have time to change. <laughs> <laughs> no, not a problem, man. What was the show? Uh, uh, we're doing something with community theater uh, here in the, in the neighborhood. It's uh, called The Wonderful Ice Cream Suit. It's an older play by Ray Bradbury. Fun little, you know, running around, you know, all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Awesome. You know, I when I was younger, I aspired to go out and act and all that stuff. But, you know, then I discovered that I had fear of public speaking and wasn't happening. But yet now I do this. So funny how things work. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what? So you reached out to me. You told me that um, you are learning about fathers' rights and that you grew up yourself without a father. I did. I did. Uh, if I if I'm allowed, I'd briefly kind of tell you my story. Um, yeah, absolutely. Please do. No, yeah. My my parents divorced when I was five, uh, and we were living in New Jersey. And my father was in the military. Um, from there, my mom and I moved back home uh, to Texas, and then kind of, I, that's how it started. Uh, and it wasn't kind of an instantaneous kind of thing. It just kind of happened slowly, where I, you know, would see him maybe once, and then it became less often, and then altogether it stopped. Yeah. And so it was, uh, um, it was a very trying time for me, you know, there's all those key pivotal moments that one should experience, you know, in, in having a, a father in your life, you know, kind of, uh, you know, wasn't there. And uh, I I grew up with a tremendous amount of resentment, you know, uh, towards him. And, and it, it carried on well into my early 20s uh, when, when I made an effort uh, to try to reach out and reconcile. Uh, I knew he was living in Colorado, and I, I made him fly out there and to, to kind of try to reconcile things. And even then, was that was kind of strange. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was actually telling my, my oldest this story uh, recently, and it took about three days before we actually finally started talking about what we didn't want to talk about. Um, it, it took three days to bring it up. Uh, but anyways... Um, after that, I thought things were going to get a little bit better, and they didn't. You know, just he, he kind of disappeared again. And at, at that point, I was like, you know what, I, I'm better off. I really am. Uh, and, and so that's kind of where I'm at. Now, growing up without a dad, I know there's, there's many people out there who have this story and their version of it. Uh, it's tough. It is. You know, it, it does make you question a lot about who you are as an individual. Uh, and more so that, you know, when I found out I was going to be a dad, um, my oldest uh, was born in 2000. Uh, that was, in a way, a little triggering because it, it leads you to think, can I do this? Am, am I cut out for this? Yep, I was, uh, I was just going to ask you that very same, that very thing that, you know, when you found out you were going to be a dad, did you have this fear of absolute failure right away? 
Absolutely. I thought I was going to fuck it all up. And I remember I would journal about it. And uh, I think even one time I wrote a little note to, you know, my oldest, you know, of course he wasn't born yet, but I was like, just be patient with me because I know I'm going to fuck up, you know, and just, just give me the chance, you know, and I'll do my best. Sorry. So <laughs> still an emotional moment for me. No, I, but, yeah. and understandable, man. That's, you know, becoming a parent, whether you're a mother or a father, it's hugely emotional. And I, I tend to think that fathers these days, I think it's more emotional for us than it is for the women, because I think at least I know when I became a father, I, you know, the first time that I saw my son, I reached over the, the, the warmer that he was in and I put my, put my hand down there and he wrapped his, his hand around my finger. And, you know, it was like that moment where, oh man, it's like you see, you see your life flash before your eyes and you see everything that you've done and you realize, okay, I got to quit fucking around now, you know, all, all that, all that time of screwing around and doing this and that it's over, it's over. You know, everything I do from this moment forward is for that little person right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and actually, for me, it was uh, the first time I saw his heartbeat. It was a sonogram and I saw his heartbeat. And that just like floored me because it was, I'm, I'm now responsible for this other life. Like, holy shit, can I do this? <laughs> you know, it, it, was a, it was a big moment. It really was. Um, but yeah, you know, and definitely with him, I. You know, I always credit him for for helping me, you know, shape me into who I am now, you know, and then a few years down the road, it was my my daughter. Uh, and then that, that was um, on top of the fact of not having a dad, I'm an only child. So I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but having two kids, I remember one of my first thoughts, as stupid as it was, was how do I love another kid? How can I, how can I do this, you know? And, you know, and she came into the world and just all my worries and concerns just washed away. It's like, I, I got this, I got this, you know? And then, you know, down the road, um, I had my, my, now my youngest and, you know, there's a big age gap between the oldest and the youngest, it's about 17 years. Uh, but this, this little one, my God, he, he definitely, you know, I'm a little older now, uh, definitely put a lot of things into perspective in this, you know, other chapter of my life. And I was like, okay, I think I know what I'm doing at this point. I, I think I got it. <laughs> I think, I think, you know, I can, you know, take my hands off the wheel a little bit, you know, don't have to accelerate quite so fast. I think I can do this now, but it, you know, it, and it's so strange, you know, it really is. Hey, I, I think it gets a little easier, you know, when you have your second, third, fourth child, you know, and I've read studies, you know that state how when you're you know a parent for the first time dude you are ultra on it it doesn't matter what it is the house is baby proof to the nines you know you're doing everything and as you have another one you know it's a little less and then a little less and then by the time you have that last child you're like fuck it <laughs> you know they've survived so far what's gonna happen what could go wrong you know actually my my oldest has commented and when he sees me interacting with my youngest 
he's like, you're so fucking patient now. Where the hell? <laughs> and, and I tell him, well, look, I'm older, you know. Wisdom, baby. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm just older. I'm a lot calmer about things now. Again, it's just, and I, and I, I tell him, look, I still have to credit you. You know, I had to experience, go through all the experiences with you and your sister. And now there's the young one here. And now it's like, okay, now I'm confident, you know, a little bit more that I, I think I know what I'm doing now. So I can be more patient with him, you know? Well, yeah. And there's, there's that maturity that comes along in that wisdom that, you know, you, you, you've been doing it right. He survived, you know, now you, now you can be a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more relaxed and, you know, kind of enjoy it and not be, not be paranoid every which way that, you know, you're going to fuck something up and something's going to happen. You know, you can sit back and enjoy it. Absolutely. And I, you know, I definitely, you know, I, I think about that, especially with the younger one that, you know, when I had my oldest, you know, I was just starting my career. You know, I wasn't uh, home as often as I wish I had been. You know, and same thing with my daughter. I was still in my early years of, you know, what I what I was doing. Um, I definitely, with the younger one, definitely take the time to appreciate more and more of those little things, which I think a lot of parents in general kind of take for granted. You know, I've got yeah. hundreds of little drawings and sketches that he's done, you know, that I keep. You know, he says, I made this for you, and I'm like... They're Instagramming it, you know, putting pictures on, you know, taking pictures and stuff, because I know that stuff's really, really important. And, and yeah. especially now and with kid number three, I, I try to uh, to enjoy that as much as possible. Well, yeah, and you got to because, you know, it seems like, man, it seems like they are growing up right before your eyes. You blink and, you know, they're 18. I mean, my son just turned 13 back in May. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, holy crap, man, it seems like just yesterday I was holding you, and you're 13 now. Where where has the time gone? And I'm, I'm so insanely proactive about making sure that, you know, our, our big thing during the summer is we go out on adventures. That's what we do. You know, and I post a little bit of it here and there on, on Father's Lives Matter. But I, I try to make it a habit to, you know, constantly take pictures, take videos of the things that we're doing. And, you know, he's, he's getting to be that teenager, you know, he's getting those, those teenager vibes where he's like, seriously, dad, are you seriously taking another photo? I'm like, yeah, you know, because when I'm 70 years old, you know, and you're in your thirties and forties, you know, I want to be able to look back on that. And, you know, it drives him up the wall sometimes, but, you know, bless his heart. He lets me do that. And that's, that's so important because it's, you know, you're capturing these moments that you're not, you're not going to have that specific moment ever again. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're fleeting. They go by really quick. Um, it's funny you mentioned, you know, how quickly they grow up. Uh, one of my stories that I like to tell about my oldest, especially, um, uh, I'm a theater teacher by trade. So I was very, very fortunate uh, that my older kids got to be my students. <laughs> So that was, that was fun because we would have these conversations during rehearsal, but we get in the truck and then it was father and son or father and daughter. But we were up on, you know, in practice, they'd be like, no, no, you're the director right now. You can't be, you can't be <laughs> yep. dead. But there was a moment we were working on a musical and um, my oldest, he had a part and he wasn't singing it right. I can't remember exactly what happened, but I just remember it was, what he was doing was bothering me. And so I used my teacher voice and I got after him and I was 
as I was getting after him, you know, he was, you know, 14, 15, I blinked. And then all of a sudden he was this little five-year-old with these big eyes looking at me, tearing up. And then I remember the, the, the choir director was next to me and I, and I could feel my eyes tearing up as I'm like trying to reprimand the student. And I remember telling the choir director, I need a minute, please. And I, and I go to my office and I'm just like crying. <laughs> and it's bawling my eyes out. I was like, what did I do? Oh my God, I'm a terrible parent. Oh wait, no, wait, I'm a teacher right now. I'm a teacher. Um, yeah. But I didn't tell him that story until like many, many years after he graduated. And I said, yeah, that, that happened. And it was like little moments like that. Well, and you know, and you got to savor those little moments. I do. I, I, I really try to, man. I really do. You know, because that's, that's one of the things I've noticed with my son as Xander, as he grows older, those, those little moments get further and further spaced out so that you know the when you do get those moments man you really got to savor those yeah man you do you really do and they go by so fast they really do um I, again you know my my daughter is 19 now and you know i still remember this little girl that you know would follow me around you know or we'd go on our little candy binges and you know and have these little you know moments for ourselves and you know now it's like oh dad again and like yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and, you know, you know, everything does happen for a reason. I, I'm very grateful uh, that the little one, you know, is still at that age, you know, and I, I think for me, I think every parent, there's like a certain age group when their kid is growing up where they feel like, you know, between this age and this age, I got that, yep. you know, and I think for me, I'm probably the most comfortable when they're, you know, young and impressionable and, you know, they just, they just think you're the best, you know. Yep. <laughs> say, let's go get ice cream. They're like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go get ice cream. <laughs> you know? Right? Yeah. I, I. So my little one right now, he's five, and oh, he's he's such a joy. Oh, those are those are those are the funnest years, I think, because you know they're just starting to get that full wonderment of the world, and everything that they look at is just magical to them. You know, I know that with my son, that's, so my son loves trains. That's his big thing, you know, and that's, you know, that's something that him and I have really, truly bonded over is trains. We go out train watching all the time. I mean, we did it this morning, got up at eight o'clock, left the house and went and watched trains till noon. And, and, you know, that's our thing. And that's, you know, he was around four or five when he really started finding that wonderment. And it's such a blessing to watch that to be a part of that to know that you know i had you know i had a hand in in that and him loving those trains and you know to know that this is something that we share and you know when i'm 80 years old i'll look back and be like man you know those were the best days of my life absolutely man absolutely um Actually, recently, uh, this is a recent story, my, my youngest, uh, you know, when those moments come up as a parent, when you realize you're going to talk about some heavy stuff and you're not anticipating it, it just comes out. Uh, my youngest, we were going to take off somewhere and I was getting him, you know, situated in the back of the truck. And he had asked about my, my father. And, you know, and then I just casually mentioned, oh, well, you know, I, I grew up with that, you know, my dad. And he was like, oh, and then I didn't think anything of it, you know, got in the vehicle, I went to go run our errand and didn't think that, because he didn't ask any other questions. I was like, all right. 
So, you know, cut, you know, to about two days later, we're, we're playing Legos. You know, I've been trying to make that thing, you know, because I love Legos. And, you know, that's one of the perks of being a dad is you get to play with all the toys. Oh, yeah. You get to play with all your <laughs> toys again. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so we're playing Legos. And, you know, he gets real quiet. And he's like, he's like, Daddy. I was like, yeah. It's like, so you didn't have a dad? And then there was a moment where uh, <laughs> so I got quiet because... I mean, I've already worked through it. You know, I'm, I see that it did me more good than anything, not having that man in my life growing up, you know, and, and I, and I only say that because it only motivated me to try to be a better father. You know, I would not wish it on anybody in this world. And it's unfortunate that it's a reality for many, but uh, it definitely motiv made, motivated me, sorry to do better. So I looked at him and I, and I said, well, yeah, yeah, but you know, I didn't have a dad. And then he asked the one question that no one ever wants to hear. Were you lonely? Hmm. And man, that cut, it cut real deep. And I said, uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was lonely for a while, but I'm okay now, you know, cause I have, well, I have, you know, Zoe and I have you. And then he just kind of looked at me and smiled. I was like, okay. And then we were right back. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it amazing how the little kids, they know the question to ask that will just stop you in your tracks every single time? Man, it, it, never, it never fails. I always floored every single time it just comes up. And then I'm like beside myself, like, Shit, what do I say? Yep. And, I mean, go after kid number three. You know, I'm like, you know what? I can be honest. Just be honest with them and just kind of help them understand. Well, yeah. and, and, you know, and that's the thing. Kids aren't dumb by a long stretch. I mean, they're very smart and they pick up. Kids pick up on things. There's, I mean, there's a lot of, I think, in a, a way, there's a lot of inbuilt wisdom in them, in their innocence. Because they know they they know something's up, you know, and they know what to say to actually get to the meat of the situation. Like, you know, what yours did. Were you lonely? You know, and, and it's always something that you don't ever expect, and you're just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and that that definitely floored me. I remember telling my wife later about it, and I was like, I all I wanted to do was cry, you know, because it. You know, I've already healed from all that and everything, but when your your child is learning what you've been through and they're processing it, it's like, I mean, of course, every parent just wants to protect their kid, right? You want to just keep them safe and let them know that everything is going to be okay. But, you know, when you get to the real world shit, especially when it's part of your past, you know, it, it it's tough, man. It really is to share that stuff, you know, and... You know, every time a moment like that happens in my life, I, not so much now, but when I was younger, especially with, with the first two kids, I would just get so angry, man, because I was like, motherfucker, you weren't in my life. I don't know what the fuck to do here. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. I, I'm like beside myself. You know, I, you know, I read books. I, you know, I try to do my own kind of research. I'm, I'm trying to make sense of what it is to be a dad and like, 
95 percent of the time i don't know what the hell i'm doing <laughs> you know and it's it's tough man it really is yeah it, it is tough because you know someone said <laughs> earlier as i'm watching the comments scroll by they said you know kids don't come with manuals no they don't you know and when we become parents a lot of times we look back at our parents to you know help us how do you do this you know what do you do and when you don't have that you know it's exactly like you're saying motherfucker where are you you know i don't know how to do this where were you why weren't you there for me and i think that's a good point in in illustrating how important fathers are in our lives i mean and i'm not i'm not downplaying the role that mothers play because mothers play a very integral part in our lives and our upbringing but you know this isn't about that this is about fathers and what they bring to the table and i think you hit it right there on the head with that where the fuck were you when i needed you you know and i need you now yeah and, and it's tough man i i again like anybody out there who who um who grew up without a dad i it, it's understandable that pain and it never you learn to heal from it but you know it never really goes away you know yeah. you, every once in a while you do have that moment where you feel like you know especially when i look at my kids you know and i think of like all the little things that i've attended plays presentations dance recitals you know even like you know little elementary you know you know those things i i think and i try to be there for so many of those things when i can you know, and I'm there just, you know, cheesy dad you know, with his phone out recording because I have to document this, you know. And, yeah, every once in a while there's that little moment of, you know, you missed out on so much, man. You really did. And you're missing out still. And it's like, you know, what the fuck is wrong with you? But, I mean, I, I can go about that. Uh, well, let me, yeah. let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What were some of the processes you did? or are still doing to heal from, you know, your father not being in your own life? You know, I have to say that um, my kids were the biggest um, motivator to heal. You know, it's... When you become a dad, and I always love that word you know and i always i always tell you know my oldest and my daughter when they were upset it was always father <laughs> but when things were good it was dad so i've always savored the word dad i mean it's something a little closer than father and you know when you become this dad you know and you have these kids and you're seeing all these things like that alone just being able to see it and experience it and feel it and you know their hugs and their little drawings like that was the main thing that helped but obviously all of that as all as much as all the good it does for you it, it's not just that a lot of it's you got to do your own soul searching you got to do your own healing so i would like to say that i've worked through it you know, every step of the way. But honestly, man, there was, I held on a grudge. I really did. And I think from the time that I, if I just count from age five, I held on a grudge, just kind of resenting my father up until 
probably 40, 41, somewhere around there. And that, that was, and that's because I already had, you know, the two older ones, you know, and that every once in a while would just rear its ugly head and it would just make me very angry. And it honestly, it took uh, going through a divorce, because I'm remarried, that kind of put things in perspective. You know, because when I walked away from that relationship, feeling, of course, like a complete and total failure. What did I do? How did I fuck up? What is going on here? I, I took a really hard look at myself, you know, and looked at, you know, how angry I was, how empty I felt, you know, and mind you, I, I loved my kids. I've always adored them. I've always been there for them, but I wasn't helping them by carrying around this anger, this hatred, this resentment. And that was, that was a hard conversation to have with myself. You know, no one ever wants to admit uh, when they're being their worst. And that was it for me. And that was the, okay, I need to, I need to learn to let this go. What helped me, uh, I got heavily into um, Buddhism. I started reading up on it. Uh, I, I wouldn't go so far as to call myself a Buddhist. I'm, you know, I'm, I've got many, many imperfections, but it, it definitely did kind of put things in perspective for me. You know, I, I read a great book uh, called Modern Buddhism that kind of really started to shape how I thought about things, you know, and through that process and meditating, you know, and journaling and just, you know, being candid with the older kids, that all started to help uh, teach me to learn and that's what did now mind you even now i can tell you you know with complete confidence i i don't have that resentment anymore but you know that emptiness in your heart you know it never really goes away you know i i could be watching um okay for example field of dreams okay i everybody who watches that movie i mean if you don't cry at the end there's something wrong with you but um, I'll watch it. I don't even like baseball, but I will watch that movie. And yes, I will have a solo ball fest right here by myself because even though I know I'm in a better place, you know, you know, anything dealing with father issues, it'll get to me still. And it'll still hurt a little bit. It still makes me sad, but not to the point where I start feeling that anger and that hatred again. Um, there's a whole season of How I Met Your Mother. I love that show where they start dealing with all these father issues. And, and it's like I watch it. I love that show. And I can't help but every single episode that touches base on it, oh, man, it gets you. It gets you every time. It really does. And then, of course, like I mentioned before, just watching them just be themselves. You know, watching the little one play at the park. And he's just being silly and goofy and I'm there and I'm laughing and I'm watching it. And, you know, and then there's still that little tinge of you weren't there for me. But in kind of retraining myself, I start turning it into I was like, you know what? You weren't there for me. You don't get to see this shit. Yeah. You don't get to see how amazing my fucking kids are. You will never see that. So that is like my 
that's my driving force, man. It's right there. Sorry, I'm getting all emotional there. But that really is. That's what motivates me to, you know, keep going. Because these kids are fucking incredible. How did you feel once that anger was finally lifted and that resentment was finally gone? How did you feel? Bad. That was weight on my shoulders. I felt so light. I felt light afterwards. And uh, free. I felt so free. And it was probably the best thing I did for myself. And like now I'm, like I said, I'm fine. Like I've let it go. And you know, but my, I don't, don't regret what I went through because I understand everything happens for a reason and I had to go through it to understand it. Uh, but I, in reflecting on it, I did spend a great deal of time being angry at someone who did me more of a favor by not being involved. You know, and that's just, like I said, that's just my story. I would never wish that on any other person. Um, but it definitely got me to focus. You know, and <laughs> I can 100% agree with you. Um, you know, most of the people on here that, that watch me, they don't know that, you know, I basically grew up, you know, in similar circumstances without a father in my life. I mean, he was there, he showed up every now and again, you know, when it suited him, but he, he wasn't a father. And, you know, I had somebody ask me a while back, you know, what was, what was the greatest thing about your dad? You know, I had to sit back there and think about it for a second because like you, I went through, you know, that, that time period where there was a lot of hatred. There was a lot of anger, you know, because of the things that, you know, he wasn't there for me growing up. You know, he, he missed this, he missed that. You know, he was drunk then. He was drunk here and there. And I got to thinking about it. And, and the greatest thing was that he taught me how to not be a parent. That was his that was his biggest contribution to my life as he taught me how to not be a parent. You know, and I have him to thank for that because you know, it has pushed me to bust my ass for my son, to do everything for my son that I never got to experience, that I never had. Because I I didn't want my son to grow up the same way that I grew up. You know, so that was his contribution. So I, brother, I feel your pain, man. I do. You know, I see that emotion coming out and, you know, I can feel it welling up in me as I'm listening to you talk about your situation in the back of my mind as I hear you talk, I'm reliving my own situation and my own trauma and reliving it. And it's a real thing, man. We're human. We're human, you know, and, and that anger, that emotion, you know, that's part of who we are. Yeah. I just saw a comment here that I love. Uh, sometimes parents are the manual of what not to do. I, I agree with that. 100 I really fucking do. percent, Sue. You hit it yeah. on the head. Yeah. 
I absolutely agree with that. It, that is definitely the case, you know, and uh, man, I, I, I feel for your brother. It, it's, it's hard. It really is. But I, I think both men in our lives or not in our lives actually did us the favor by just showing us what not to yeah. do. You I know? mean, it's, you know, it, it, I, I truly think it taught us how to be better parents. It taught us how to not be the parent that they were. You know, and it's and it's really funny, you know, because I've I've tried reconnecting with his side of the family, a side that I've not really, you know, known a whole lot about, you know, and that was a whole other, you know, process to just kind of healing, you know. I went to go visit an uncle in New Mexico, and I started one of his brothers, and I started talking to him and seeing them, my cousins and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, you sound just like your dad. Oh, you laugh like your dad, and oh, you walk like him." You know, and mind you, like, he wasn't around, so I didn't know any of these things. And so hearing that was kind of like, oh, okay. You know, and I went to go visit one of my other uncles in, in Houston, and same thing as, you know, one of his other brothers. And they're like, oh, yeah, you sound just like him. And, and I'm just like, well, like he gave me that. <laughs> you know, he gave me the laugh, gave me the walk, you know, the look. But, you know, I, that's about it. You know, everything else is me. So... And, uh, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, I, I see it as, uh, one of my favorite quotes is by, uh, Michelangelo, where he says, I am still learning. And that's kind of been my mantra, you know, hitting my forties, uh, is to, to remember that I'm still learning and, you know, yeah, my, my oldest, he's well into his twenties and my, my daughter's on the way to that. And, but when you want the little one, like, regardless of what their age is, like, I'm still their dad. And so I'm still learning, you know, I'm still learning. And, and I think that's, that's gotta, that's gonna be my reminder daily. And I'm learning. I, it's okay. I'm gonna make mistakes. I'm gonna yeah. fuck up somehow, you know, but it's just a day. Tomorrow is a new day. I can start again. You know, it's not going to ruin the rest of their lives or mine. Oh, and that's it. That's exactly it. I mean, you know, what's what's that old adage? You know, there's no future living in the past. I mean, we fuck up every single day, but, you know, by the grace of God, there's tomorrow. It's a fresh day. You wake up in the morning, man, it's a fresh slate. Yeah. And, I, and I'm ever so grateful for that. I really am. <sighs> weren't expecting this tonight were you <laughs> <laughs> no i wasn't um you know my my wife she uh she follows the uh the stepmom podcast uh, yeah. yeah yeah and so uh and I, I follow yours we actually both follow your page and she's like yeah they're gonna do this podcast you really should find out about it you know and i was like oh let me think about it let me think about it she's like are you gonna do it you're gonna do it and it's like you know what you're right i should do this i'm gonna do it and so here I am. She's <laughs> like, no, they need they need to hear your story. We need to hear your story. And I was like, you know, my, my story is like many others, you know, and, and it's it's good that that we have this uh, medium here to share that because I, I think, you know, for any for any dad out there struggling, I, I think it's good to know that there are other dads out there who are are struggling too. Yeah, and, and we need this network. We need this network of you know, guys helping each other out, 
You know, yeah. I think so much is put on dads, this kind of stigma or whatever you want to call it, that we're supposed to be these stoic and show no emotion and, you know, a very, very old school way of thinking, you know, that, oh, nothing hurts dad, you know, dad's all tough. But, you know, I, I've, <laughs> I've found that with my kids, showing my vulnerability has actually brought me closer to them. And I, and I think that's, you know, it lets them know that you're human, you know, and that is most important to me. I want them to grow up being as well adjusted as possible uh, humans. And, and if well, I can do I, that, you yeah. know, exactly it. And uh, you touched on a very, very important point the stoicism that as men and males that we're supposed to portray, it's not the 40s, it's not the fucking 50s anymore. Man, how much damage do you think that that's done over the decade, taking that tact and looking at it like, you know, I'm a man, I can't show emotions, I can't be emotional, I can't be sad. You know, how much damage do you think that's really done over the course of decades? I couldn't even imagine that. Yeah. I, I, ugh. no. <laughs> I mean, we're not, we're not built that way. You know, we are just as emotional as women and mothers, and we have just as much right to show that emotion. You know, that's, that is the one thing that pisses me off the most about the family court. Um, and I'm about to go on a tangent here, so bear with me. But when you get into the family court system, you know, and you're a father, if you're emotional, you're tagged as being toxic. You're tagged as being, uh, you know, unstable, mentally unstable because you're emotional. And that is the biggest cop out and the biggest bunch of bullshit that's out there. You're fighting for your child and they expect you to be unemotional. Fuck that. You know, you have every right to be emotional. You know, they don't do that to mothers. When mothers are emotional, they don't tag them like they do fathers. And that pisses me off beyond belief. No, absolutely, I agree with you, man. It, it, it's tough, especially in the court system. It's very one-sided. Uh, and it, yeah, it's absolutely, it's tough. You know, and I feel for any dad. I, I think earlier you had a, a gentleman who's just fighting to see his kids. Yeah. And like you can see the fire and the passion, like he just wants to see his kid, you know? And it's such a simple thing you know, but that, you know, when, you know, whether it be a divorce or whatever, uh, more often than not, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to generalize here, but there are cases out there. There are many moms mm -hmm. that will just go and say, no, I'm hurt, so I'm going to hurt you. And they know exactly how to do it. I live yep. with the kids. I, I have talked to, oh man, I have talked to so many fathers that when they were together with their children's mother, they were amazing fathers. Others, the amazing husbands, they were the best of the best, top of the top. But when that relationship came to an end and it was time to move on and they moved on, they went from being this, you know, bigger than life, great person to being this piece of shit. And it's because she's hurt, you know, and, and then they start holding the kids hostages and, and doing all the shit that we hear about that I that I talk about all the time that I have on the show and that's what happens. And it's not fair. It shouldn't be that way. You know, the, your children, your children did not get to decide who their parents were going to be when they came into this world. 
they should not be put in that kind of position where it's a, it's a tug of war, you know, and fathers shouldn't be in the position that they're in where they have to fight to see their kids because ladies, let's be real here. You did not get pregnant on your own. There's another person in there that helped get you pregnant. They have just as much say over that child as you do. Yeah, absolutely, man. I agree with you. I really do. And it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, those situations that the adults <laughs> can't just be adults and say, hey, you know what, this is about the kid. This isn't about what happened to us. This isn't about who or who. This is what can we do to make sure our child is going to live a good life and have both yeah. of us in it, especially when we both want to be in it. You know, and, and that takes a lot of work and Unfortunately, there are many, many people out there that are not willing to do that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, there's way too much tit for tat kind of shit being played out there instead of just going, okay, you know, we have to get along. We're going to be in each other's lives for the rest of our lives. You know, let's make the best of this and let's put our best foot forward and do everything we can for our children. It's not enough parents out there doing that. Yeah, I get it. You don't like him anymore. He doesn't like you anymore, okay? But you guys are still inexplicably linked by your children. That's not going to change. That's never going to change. No, absolutely. And it's actually, a, it, you know, having been through a divorce, it's very easy to want to, not easy, that's not the word I want to use, um, to transfer that emotion onto the other person and, you don't want that resentment to happen, you know, when, like for me, I just wanted to see the kids. I didn't give a shit what she wanted. I just wanted to see the kids. And that's what I fought for. I just wanted to see them. I didn't want it to be this whole two weekends out of the month bullshit that, that I, I'm going to speak for the state of Texas because that's the way it is. It's two weekends and then, you know, holidays or odds and evens and all that crap. Um, I didn't want that, you know, and, on paper, that's what we had, you know, and it was tough, you know, eventually as, you know, the kids were getting older, it got easier that we started just working things out on our own, you know, and that was good for a while, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and again, it was just, you know, I, I, I'm just saying from my experience on my end, it was very frustrating because I would just look at the situation and go, lady, this is about the kids. This isn't about whatever happened to us. That shit's done. Yeah. Like, we're here. This is to work things out with kids. And I wasn't met with the same logic and reasoning. <laughs> and, and it was frustrating. It was very frustrating. So how did you get through it? Uh, well, you know, with, with the older kids, it was... Um, you know, time, you know, it really was just time, you know, and then, you know, my, my oldest, you know, there's some tough conversations to have, of course, because I mean, I'm a child of divorce, so I already know that, you know, and I, and I was very candid with both of them. And I said, look, whatever is going on between your mother and I, that's between us right now. I'm my focus is going to be on you guys. And there's going to be periods where you're going to hate me. And I want you to know that's okay. There's going to be periods where you're going to hate your mother. 
and I'm telling you it's okay because you're human. And there's going to be times where you're not going to want to talk to me. There's times you're not going to want to talk to her. There's times you're going to want to scream in my face and so on and so forth. Said it's not fair to me to deny these emotions for you, you know, because this is you're you're dealing with a divorce, you know, regardless of your age. So I want you to know that's okay, you know, and and that's kind of how I started, man. And I just like focused on them, because that, you know, once it was done, I was like, I'm gonna focus on you. And that, you know, it was hit and miss. There were days that were good and days that were not so good, and they there were times where okay we will go over to your place no we don't want to see you and then or be split you know it, it's you know he's like you know my oldest be like i'm just gonna stay over here with you and you know there's always gonna stay over there all right fine well my oldest you know he's he's worked through a lot of it because you know kids go work through a divorce too you know and he he's in a much better place and i'm ever so grateful for that you know I would like to think, I would like to say that it was a similar situation with my daughter, but unfortunately it's not. And if I'm being completely candid here, I have not seen her uh, in a couple of months. And I haven't seen her because I, again, she has cut off all communication with me. Um, I think that she is now, because she was younger when the divorce happened, I think she's just now starting the process of you know, everything that you go through, you know, and even though she's 19, she's now going through it. And it's tough, man. It really is. And it hurts like hell, you know. And I can't help but feel a little bit resentful because I know she's staying with her mom and that's where she feels safe. You know, and I honestly have done nothing other than try to parent her and be honest with her. And it, it hurts, man. You know, it's 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 tough to be in that kind of situation, but you know, like you said, she's just now starting to process things. You know, and grief works different for everybody because you know at the end of the day you know she's grieving a death and it's the death of her parents marriage yeah you know i just be there for her man that's the biggest thing just be there for her. you know let that resentment float the fuck on by and just be there because there will be a day where she comes back i guarantee you that no, I, I know, I know there'll be that day, you know, and I'm, and I'm ever hopeful for that. Um, and in fact, I just had this conversation with, with my oldest the other day, because, you know, I hadn't told him about what was going on and, and just, I, I shared it with him. And uh, I said, the best thing I can do for her right now is be patient and give her space because I've, I've tried the emotional approach and the, I was frustrated. I was really frustrated and that didn't help. And what seems to be, and again, 
I, I'm assuming here. But what seems to be working so far is just giving her the space to work it out. And I told him, I was like, I know she's doing it to me because she knows I can take it. You know? And that's okay. Because that's what she needs right now. You know, I've, I've told her repeatedly that I love her and that I'm here when she's ready to come back. And that's all I can do, man. And she will be back. She will be back. You know, she's just got to, you know, she's got to go through her grieving and got to process everything and, and make the adjustments that she needs to make. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and on a somber note, we are coming to the end of this episode. But if you could, if you could throw some words of wisdom out there for some of the fellas that are listening, I'd be greatly appreciated. Don't give up. Be patient with yourself. And just fucking love those kids. I think this, the best thing that you can do for your children is to tell them that you love them. And I don't think that is said very often nowadays. And I, I try to say it as often as I can, even when they're sick and tired of hearing it. I'll say, I love you. Yeah, I know you love me. It's like, but I want you to know that. I want you to know that I love you. Yeah. Be patient with yourselves. You're doing fine. You're doing great. As long as you give a shit, you're doing just fine. Well, that's what it's all about, man. And I agree with you. We don't say that. We don't say the love. I love you enough these days, you know. So I definitely agree with you, Gabriel, brother. Thank you so very much for coming on the show. And thank you so very much for sharing your journey with us. Thanks, man. Thank you for having me on. Good luck, everybody. Much appreciated, brother. Stay in touch. You know, let me know how everything turns out with your daughter, okay? I'll be saying a prayer for you guys. Thanks, man. All right, brother. Have a good weekend. You too. All right, guys. So that was Gabriel telling his story, his truth about <clears throat> growing up without a father, how it affected him. You know, and I shared a little bit about my own situation of growing up, you know, without my own father. And it's, it's tough, man. I don't, I don't wish that on anybody. With that being said, that is going to wrap up this episode of The Father's Truth. I want to thank everybody who stopped by. Um, and remember, if you are a father that is in Washington, Oregon, California, and you are interested in being part of a documentary about father's rights and telling your story, Please reach out to me as soon as possible. I am filming my part of the show, the documentary, on the 18th, and we are on the lookout for two more fathers. So please reach out to me. It's extremely important that we start getting this out um, and shining the light on what is happening to us. So with that being said, guys, have a great weekend. Stay safe. I am Alan Donovan, and you have been listening to The Father's Truth. All right, everybody. Have a great one.
Thank you for joining us and listening to The Father's Truth. If you would like to be a guest or know someone with a story that needs to be heard, email Alan Donovan now at thefatherstruth at sohomail.com.